Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rody Fisher. And I had to recite whatever God laid in my heart. You know, I, you know, I have to, you know, share the gospel. I'm, I'm in debt of the gospel, you know, unless I preach the gospel, you know. Um, my life is has no meaning, so to speak. Exactly. And, and he understands it uh, mentally because he's a Christian, but that huge disappointment, to, right? To have his son become going to that that direction, you know, that uh, course. Yeah, he he is very disappointed. But uh, thankfully, uh, after much prayers and uh, as I graduated from Biola and went to Talbot and. I became a, a, a youth pastor at the church. He finally came around, and he blessed me uh, from oh, that good. point on. Yeah. yeah. Now he's with the Lord. Okay. He just passed away last uh, March, actually. Aww. Yeah. Aww. God bless him. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Pastor, you um, became a pastor, mm-hmm. and you were a youth pastor for a church. And were you married at the time? Or not married, or I, will, I was single. Okay, yeah, and uh, it was actually the first church I went to as a youth pastor. I met my future wife, oh, Mindy. Okay. Yeah, she was working as a Sunday school teacher, and I went there as a youth pastor. I would uh, I would train the teachers, and so we got close, and uh, you know, she was very nice, uh, spiritually mature. So the Lord, so, the Lord gave you to her to make a long story short. Yeah, after like two years of ministry, <laughs> I proposed to her, okay. and uh, yeah, we we got engaged and married. So then, did you become a senior pastor somewhere? And yeah, after much later, so uh-huh. I was uh, working as a youth pastor, uh, elementary pastor, every pastor in uh, church position in Korean church, Korean American churches. Okay. So I was youth pastor, elementary pastor, college pastor. And then after I was ordained, I was uh, um, what you call the assistant pastor for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Then it was when I went to this church in Kansas uh, as a pastor for English ministry in a Korean American church. church. Mm-hmm. Uh, after our senior pastor has moved on to another church, the church called me as a senior pastor. So okay. I pastored, I pastored there for about five years as a senior pastor and also as a pastor for the English ministry as well. Okay. So, um, I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, um, the Lord now calls you to be a missionary and, um, your, your wife got ill and so it wasn't conducive for you to be a senior pastor. But then you have this call to become a missionary, and that's what you're doing to this day. Is that right? Yes. It was actually in the fourth year as a senior pastor at this church, this Korean American church in Kansas, that my wife 
came down with lupus. Uh-huh. You know what it is? Yes, because I have that yeah, too. So, uh, so she was very sick. Uh, so I had to uh, resign the church uh, as a senior pastor. Uh, we had to move back to California, where her family are living, uh-huh. so that you know we can help each other. And for about six years, from 2000, end of 2000 to end of 2006, so that's almost six years that we went through, in a way, uh, uh, you know, the value of shadow of death, actually. For me and my wife, she almost died a couple of times, and uh, I had to work, uh, you know, just anything that I can, you know, uh, get a Job, like, so now you had a secular job to I keep just, the family yeah, going. Exactly. Okay, so uh, um, I was working as insurance. Insurance. Um, um, I was selling insurance, and I was doing uh, the, uh, the night job cleaning, uh, uh-huh. job at nights, and I was working. I was selling computers and repairing computers, and all kinds of job, all kinds of job for six, six years. But then my friend, who was missionary at this, this land, this country. He's been calling me so many times when I was even as a senior pastor in the church. And then even as a senior pastor, uh, I didn't understand fully the missions of God. Mm-hmm. So just because you're a senior pastor doesn't mean that you understand missions. Right. Yeah. I mean, I send, you know, their support monthly to different, right. we served actually about six missionaries in different regions. So, and then we get their prayer report and we pray over that. Basically, that's what I thought was missions are. So, you know, I was thinking I was, you know, doing a decent job supporting missionaries. But then it was when he called me to come to this, this, this country in 2000. End of 2006, but I, I went January 2007. It was when I went to that country and, and saw what God is doing and how spiritually barren that land mm-hmm. was. That again, God spoke to me personally, wow. saying, This is the place for you. This is where my heart is breaking. This is where my uh, tear is flowing. And this is the place that I want you to minister for until, I don't know when. <laughs> well, until God calls you home, Yes, right? yes. You know, um, I want to thank you so much for making our trip so memorable. Um, you know, on that trip, we had gone to four different countries, and um, we were talking about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time, refugees from all over the Middle East were jumping in boats. They were jump, they were trying to swim. They were going everywhere they could and places like Greece and Turkey and all these other countries were, had no other choice but to bring these people in. Mm-hmm. And thus we meet you and yes. um, you're in the complete throes of ministry to the Muslim community or the Kurdish or whatever. But what an awesome big opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd been doing this for years, by the way. We just came into your life about three, five or four or five years ago. Um, that you had to show us and for us to get involved in, um, this 
awesome, huge ministry. One of the first things I I was struck by is um, how you said to us, we're going to pray over the city. Mm-hmm. And you took us to the highest hill in every single city we went to. Yes, we did. And before we did anything else, we covered the city in prayer. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying this morning, because my friend and I were talking about how in Acts, they prayed, those disciples prayed for 10 days. And then they preached for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. and 3,000 people got saved. Yes. And how backwards I have it when, you know, I want to pray for 10 minutes and have, you know, somebody get some, see some results, right? But the power of prayer is something you don't take lightly. Um, I remember thinking, why do we have to go up to the top of this mountain? Like every place we went to, climbing up the hills. Well, once I got up there to see the gravity of the whole city in mm-hmm. one breath yes. was spectacular. Yes. But to join hands with other Christian people and pray over the city mm-hmm. is something that you do all the time. Yes. Especially, Tell me about that. Yeah, especially whenever I ho- I'm hosting a team from either Korea or from the States, I do that because, number one, when you go into this high place, you can see entire city. Mm-hmm. So whenever you do that, God every time gives His heart over the city. Yes, it was and, so spectacular. And, and and you can pray on site with godly insight. Whatever mm-hmm. God is feeling, He's breaking heart over the city. Right. And secondly, it has a symbolic meaning that. As you are in this high place, you're proclaiming the, the lordship of Jesus Christ over that city. Right. You're inviting Jesus to come and have your throne here and have your, your way on this, in, in this city, on right. this people. So it has a symbolic meaning. And thirdly, you are, the Bible says, unless you go into the strong man's house and bind him first. And then if you, once it's bind, you can carry out his his belongings, which he stole from God. Wow! So you go into this high place and bind all the authorities and powers and the, the dark darkness and the evil spirits of the city. Right. So here's a very practical and spiritual power whenever yes. you pray over the city in high place. So that's why I do that every time. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And, you know, the other thing that I remember about um, our trip was going to visit um, each and every missionary, I mean, not missionary, but um, each and every refugee that has now found a home. Mm-hmm. So um, the the missionaries would take these people with absolutely nothing not require anything of them and take them out of, you know, fields and fields and fields of people everywhere and just one at a time, take one family at a time, find them a job and find them a home. And Mm -hmm. when I say home, I'm talking about home in a very um, elementary way. Yes. Um, You know, the floors are dirt and um, I don't know if... um, 
Uh, there is some running water, but you know, the, the situation is bleak. Yes. Um, but when we would go into the homes and offer them what little we had, um, they would offer us a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept thinking, why are you giving us tea? You can hardly afford anything. Please don't, you know. But you said to us, no, 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 you have to drink. It's, it's the custom. You have to. Um, and th- that was so beautiful. Um, the, the other thing I remember is at one point we got to sleep in an underground church. Yes. And, um, and in order for it to be and kept an underground church, I remember you said to us, the people are going to come in all hours of the day until we have enough people because they, they, sh- they don't stream in all at once. They come in quietly one at a time. Yes. And they came very early in the morning. We were still sleeping and, um, till the church was full. And you said to us, um, this was a mega church for this country. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we're talking about maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 families. Yeah, and altogether, I, I think on that particular Sunday, we had, as far as number of people with us being there, maybe about 50. Okay. So about, about 15 families. Yes. Yeah. There are some singers, some young College students, as right? Well. And so this is considered a mega church, and I'm it thinking, is. oh my gosh, you have to have a lot of these little mega churches all over. Mm. But what a blessing it was! And the other thing I remember too about that day was, um, was uh, I think it was about six people had made a commitment to Christ, and they were getting baptized that day, and you had the pleasure. An honor of baptizing these people. It was honor and blessing for me to baptize those people, yes. And the thing I remembered about it the most was how they gave their testimony, each in their own language. One spoke Kurdish, and they would translate for us Mm -hmm. what they were saying and how they had, you mean, these people could, couldn't, when you, when you make a commitment to Christ in a country that, that, that's not, the norm to be a Christian, you give up everything. Mm-hmm. You give up your whole past life. It's no longer, it's no longer there. Yes. You can't go back to family. As a matter of fact, some of the people we met, um, they're on a, on a hit list that one couple that we met, um, they, if the families could get to them, they would kill them. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about somebody that's making a commitment that's over and above what we are thinking. Yes. And here in the West. So baptism here in the States. Yeah. Obviously it's a blessed event. Yeah. You know, pro- proclaiming your, your new life in Christ. But baptism in those, those countries. Right. Are different. And every time, you know, every time I participate with, I baptize them or I just be there in their baptism service. It's a special blessing for me to witness their commitments. So actually they're risking their lives. Exactly. Following Jesus. I know. I know. I mean, huge commitment. The, the other thing that I recall about that particular day, it was late in the evening. I, I want to say it was eight thirty, nine o'clock. Maybe it was 9.30. 
And I felt the Lord saying to me, and I don't know if you recall this story, but I felt the Lord saying to me that I needed to talk to the pastor's son. The pastor and his wife had two children, a boy and a girl. And um, I said, gosh, Lord, I do not want to do this. So all day I was procrastinating about talking to the pastor's son. Finally, it was almost time for them to leave and go back to their own home, and we were going to sleep in the church one more night. Mm-hmm. And um, the all, all the congregation had left slowly, one at a time, going out the door. And um, I said, Lord, if I have to talk to the pastor's son, you're going to have to have him sit right next to me because I don't want to go looking for him. And out of the blue, there he came in the door of the sanctuary, which was the living room of the the place. Yes. And he sat right next to me. And, of course, he spoke perfect English. And he also spoke other languages, too, like, you know, whatever. I'm not going to say. Right. Because then you'll know where we were. <laughs> but um, anyhow, he sat right next to me. And I said to him, Ye Jun, I really feel like I have a word from the Lord for you. And he said, really, what is it? And I said, well, I said, look, if this does not make any sense to you at all, just throw it in the trash. I don't even think about what I'm saying. If it doesn't make sense and it's not for you, just toss it in the trash. And he said, okay, but tell me what it is. And I said, I feel like the Lord is telling me, hey, June, I see you. And this is the Lord speaking. I see you and I hear you. I said, does that make any sense at all? And he said, yes. He said, um, I've been wanting to talk to my father and I've been praying, Lord, I need to talk to my father about going to a different school, but you're not hearing my prayers. And my father doesn't come home early enough for me to talk to him. He comes in after ministering to the the, the refugees late at night, and I have no time to talk to him. And also, I've been praying this, and I don't think the Lord hears me. And I said, Ye June, the Lord hears you and he sees you and it's time that you talk to your dad well we went to bed that night the mm-hmm. missionary um, the missionaries who's the pastor and his wife and the two children and when I say children these are like high school kids yes high school and junior high back yeah then. high school and junior high back then yeah and um, all of a sudden you were staying at the church with us yes and um I hear your phone ringing, and it's about 11.30 at night. Mm-hmm. I remember very well, yes. And then you come into our room, and you said, what did you tell Ye June?" Anyway, it all worked out beautifully. He, His father heard him. He realized that God heard his prayer. Mm-hmm. And they moved him to a school in Germany. Um, and the Lord fixed everything at the church so that all Ye June's different jobs that he did 
was absorbed by someone in the church. Mm-hmm. So God has a way of answering all those prayers and working it all out for his honor and glory, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah, that was really sweet. It was his father actually calling me, thanking you oh. for talking to you, Ajahn. Yeah. Yeah. About that. So it was such a, yeah, good time, beautiful time. It was, it was one of our most favorite trips. I, I just adored it. Um, the, the final thing before we end, I'd like for you to talk about, um, the needs of the missionaries because one thing that I did notice is the loneliness of mm-hmm. the missionaries on the mission field. Yes. You know, the families, um, have come here from a foreign country. There they are in the middle, have to learn a new language, live in a different place. They don't get to see their family members for years sometimes. As a matter of fact, this couple's parents died, and they didn't even get to go home to bury their parents because Mm -hmm. they were so entrenched in mission. Mm -hmm. So tell us in a few short words, what can we pray for these missionaries about? Because their needs are so great. Yes. There are so many, but number one being pray for the families. Although they are missionaries, they are families. Mm-hmm. There is a, you know, you know, needs for the parents and the children to talk and, right. you know, every day, you know, same issue. So pray for the family uh-huh. and uh, pray for the their spiritual well-being. As well as their physical well-being in this time safety, of safety, yes. safety this, physically and yeah, this time of COVID nineteen, and also pray for their security because this particular country, the workers from US are being kicked out almost every week. Okay. I had uh, my close friends uh, actually kicked out from this city a month okay. ago. Another one last week. So. Uh, pray for their safety. I mean, we are not there undercover. I mean, we're there to be a light, but mm-hmm. we need to be wise right. uh, from the government. So right. pray for their security and also pray for the Holy Spirit to really lead their lives and ministry and empower them, giving fruits to their ministry. And number four or number five is in this nation, in this land, there are over four million refugees. Mm. Still, God, yeah, still over four million refugees. So, pray for you know throughout uh, with this old shaking, this old is shaking uh, that there were their hearts will be poor, born open to the gospel. Yes, and the gospel will be preached. And for last three four months, actually, it's been using the internet ministry, uh, online ministry such as uh, Facebook. Uh, YouTube, but uh, we pray that through this internet ministry that many, many more Muslims will hear the gospel mm-hmm. and come to, come to Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, you can pray for this country and the Middle East that God's kingdom will come upon that land with yes. power and more spiritual breakthrough will happen among the people. Wow, that's so important. Well, let's say a really quick prayer right now. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you heard the heart of a missionary here, and his heart is breaking like yours is for those that are lost, especially in the Middle East. Um, I want to include our country, too, because a lot's going on here. Yes. And there's a lot of lost people. But Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for protection, Mm. for spiritual protection as well as physical protection. Yes. We pray that 
you would lead these people by your Holy Spirit. Yes. And Father, that they would be able to come and go undercover, but in the open. Father, that many, many, many people mm. would come to know Christ through Amen. these the hands and work of the of the missionaries that Amen. you've sent out. That you would take care of the loneliness and the heartache and their finances. Yes. Father, that doors would be open and they wouldn't be pulling on doors that are closed, Lord. Mm. Father, that your honor and glory would happen Amen. here in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you and praise you. And with the last minute, Lord, I want to speak to those out there that do not know Jesus and have never invited Jesus into their heart. If you would like to make a commitment like right now, follow me in prayer right now. And so, Lord, um, help the unbelief of those that are going to be saying this prayer. Jesus, I invite you into my heart right now. I pray that you would wash my heart as white as snow. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me for my sins of past, present, and future. Help me to walk with you daily. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, now and forevermore. Help me to find a new church and get into your word. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you've said that prayer right now, you can write me at www.ontheroadwithjesus.com and you're a new creature in Christ. Anyway, please come back and listen. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H, Fisher, at on the R-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.